Hello, Crazy Flock. This is Crazy Poultry Inc. Podcast. Ian Loco here, back again. I'm joined by Mr. Nickers Chicken. Hello, all. Happy uh, Saturday. Rainy Saturday, actually. Yeah, here in the Midwest, it's dark, gloomy, and rainy. Uh, but officially now, 2019 has come to a close for us. Yes, it is in the kind of beginning, middle-ish of January, but... We, of course, do not get some films until January curls around because they're either in select their country, select theaters just in general, or award contenders. Actually, some in February. Exactly. Some are, won't be even here until February, which is a question of if we'll get to see it or does it count for 2020 or 19? But regardless... Uh, I didn't mark down the exact number because I was working on this list late. Uh, Ten minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know the exact number of films I saw this year, but uh, boy, this was a definite uh, rise and fall, rise back up year because I feel like uh, January kind of started off rocky as it always does. February had some hits, but still didn't blow me away. Summer was bleh. Like usual. And then, you know, <laughs> the rise. Yeah, you were great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at first when I was making these, I was having way easier time picking ones that'll be on my worst of the year than my best. Yep. Uh, but then, as I got closer, I got more that I would argue for best. So, uh, again, this is our personal biased opinions on what we liked in the theater, uh, yeah. Uh, and again, there were some that we could not see. Yeah. But I assure you that we wanted to see. Yeah, there was. So, it's kind of out of our control. Also, though, uh, we're going to be leaning into the worst first because we want to get that out of the way, I guess, and have some fun and then talk about awards. But, uh, of course, like how you mentioned, we did not see every film that came out, as usual. Um, I feel, however, again... I think this is like the second year in a row I feel like even though my nickname is Crazy Rooster, I think Nick is trying to save my sanity <laughs> because <laughs> guarantee there's going to be stuff on his worst of the year that I have not seen because I didn't know he was going to see them. And I was just like, okay, I guess you want to save my sanity somewhat. but I'll save it for this year. But that's definitely going to change up our list because I'll be – now having to put stuff on there, I was like, eh? And then he'll be having ones on there that I'm just like, oh yeah, if I actually watch them, that would be on my worst, but I guess that's the way the rotten egg rolls here. <laughs> uh, how, how did you feel overall about this year, Nick? Uh, I don't know, it was kind of tied with 2018. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like a, like you said, up and down, I'd compare it to like a camel, like humps. Oh yeah, you know it's got it going up and then it comes down to the summer and it was. How, how about Igor's hump? Okay. It just shifts. That's better. <laughs> and the summer was weak as hell, like usual, and you know you were kind of waiting, and then towards award season, it just built up, and the end of this year was definitely, definitely great. This was also as I was looking through again, uh, I saw a couple of YouTubers I follow that use this as the joke for their you know, videos and stuff, but this really was the year, parentheses, 2019, because there were remakes, there were rehashings, 
all that had to include that because you had to establish that this is different. <laughs> this isn't the original one, which I'm sure we might get into that at some point. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start with worse. Uh, mentions? Yeah, let's do our mentions first. Dishonorable mentions. Yeah, dishonorable. Uh, how, how, well, good question is how many do you have that you want to mention? Because I have one, two, three, four. I only went with five well, to mention. Maybe I should. I have, more. I have a couple more. I think I have. Because there, there were a few that I just didn't include on there because I was just like, they were boring. They were. Yeah, I got ten. Okay. Uh, well, go ahead and name five then. All right. I'll start out with Serenity, Rainbow uh, Last Blood, Six Underground, God, Michael Bay, <laughs> Escape Room. Child's Play. That didn't go on my worst because it got saved somewhat by Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. His brilliant voice. Replicas, which stars, you know... Counter Reeves. Counter Reeves. Which I never saw. Oh, God. Dumbo. Aladdin. Lion King. Yeah, you know, so they're all Disney, right? And the last one I actually kind of had fun with. It probably should have gone on my worst, but I kind of had fun with it, and that was The Fanatic. Well, you mentioned of basically four out of the five that I wrote down. I'm going to guess you forgot the fifth one that I put. Well, no, wait, you said three. Uh, because the one that I'm sure you forgot that came out in 2019 was Captive State. No, I didn't forget that. Oh, okay. It's up there. Maybe. Uh, and then uh, the, uh, my other honorable mention was MIB International. And I'll mention that too. Okay. <laughs> but I guess... Uh, we will continue on into our worst of 2019. Okay, so we're officially now going to be starting our worst of 2019, top 15. So, Nick, uh, what is your number 15 of worst 2019? And I don't consider this, like, worst because it was of the worst of the year. I know that might not make sense, but I think it was just because of the expectations it had. And it was actually the third of a trilogy, and that was Glass. Um, okay. I was expecting a lot more from this movie just because, you know, it was the third of M. Night Shyamalan's trilogy. And I really enjoyed Unbreakables, and I love Split. I think it's the best of the three. And I was fully expecting this to be great, but... I mean, it showed, it like, a few, you know, glimmers of hope, but um, it just... It was supposed to be the ultimate conclusion, and uh, I don't know, it just fell short. It was really boring. Um, the script was bad. I don't really fault any of the actors, because they actually did pretty good, but as far as the whole thing goes, it just I don't know, just disappointed me, because I was really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to assume that I'm definitely in one of the few minorities. I didn't mind Glass. Um, I, I definitely admit it's the weakest of the three. Yeah. It's just that I tried to not really think of having a certain expectation going into Glass because mm. it, it's M. Night Shyamalan, so I was like, I don't think this is going to be like an epic superhero and supervillain fight. Yeah. And uh, it's the 50 and, you know, you're going into it like, well, it could be good. And I mean, I and I actually kind of liked a lot of the approaches that he took. Again, it's not going to be a strong contender on my best of the year list, yeah. but I in no way felt like it was a worst caliber 
thing. Because, again, uh, James McAvoy is in it, and he's definitely great in it. I think Samuel L. Jackson is perfectly great in it also. Bruce Willis is actually trying in this. Uh, Again, I think it kind of depends on you person to person because it is a much I'm on, but again, not 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 the strongest of the three, but it's it's a, it's in my top tier of okay <laughs> twenty nineteen. Um my number fifteen is one that you had in your honorable mentions, but that's because I have to say that it belongs on the worst of the year because technically made it's the worst movie. However, it was the most entertaining movie of the year, too, and that's The Fanatic. <laughs> I, when I first saw pictures of this, I was just, what has happened to John Travolta? <laughs> Which I was like, well, I've been asking that for several years now. Um, and then, of course, I started hearing some people saying that this is so over the top and ridiculous that you just have to watch it. Which is also one of your other honorable mentions that you said, uh, Serenity, that I've, been yeah. he- that I've been hearing, is actually one to watch because it's so bad. Yeah, you're going to have to watch it. But the fact also that John Travolta has campaign going on now for this performance. <laughs> and I-, I was just uh, sad that I didn't actually get to see this in theater. Yeah. We watched it on Amazon Prime because we found out it was never going to come to a theater. Yep. And it's right now on Blu-ray for 13 bucks. I almost picked it up and I actually <laughs> will at some point because th- this is something that needs to be, even be a Rotten Eggs episode yeah. with Damon, Kevin, or whoever else wants to join because this is the definition of awesomely bad good time Nothing makes sense. Nothing's coherent. Not to mention, you can see Fred Durst all over this. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the blatant part where they talk about Limp Bizkit. <laughs> the music's in the movie. Yeah. And it's just... It just drives you to question of what has happened. And, yeah. Uh, so, it's easily in my top maybe three of the year as far as entertainment. However... If I look at the films as a technical standard, no, this belongs on the worst of the year list. It still does. So, my number 15, Fanatic. What's your 14? Well, this is another installment in this universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, Annabelle Comes Home. Um, Spoiler, I may bring that up soon. up and down, man. Seriously, it's like more down than up. But you know, it started with the Conjuring, which were great. Both of them were great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, only one of the Annabelles has been tolerable. But this is just another one that I don't feel like should have been made or didn't need to be made, just because you know they're trying to stop her from wreaking havoc. Yet they but, let her out. But they're so easy to make. I know. Yeah, I get that. You're right. <laughs> but it's just like felt like it feels like the same thing over and over again and you know you think something else is going to be different and new it's like hey let's uh, bring something fresh to the table but I it just there's no life left in the Conjuring universe mm-hmm. just, I just feel like you know they're going to keep trying and should have just stopped at some point and not just keep going not just keep you know 
keep us on the the end of a cliff and push us off, why don't you? <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to state too much because, I, like I said, spoiler alert, that might be coming up sometime. Uh, my number 14, I don't think you mentioned, but it might be on your list, too. Uh... Pet Cemetery 2019. Oh, dang, that's what I forgot. <laughs> Does that tell you anything? I yeah. forgot about that. Uh, My bad. The, I I don't even have a giant fondness, really, for the original. I checked out the original for the first time last year, and I was like, eh, yeah, a couple of creepy moments, but my biggest issue was some of the writing and the characters. Uh, this one... I thought the look of it was much better, had a much darker tone and grislier feel to it. But again, the writing and the characters were just one note and terrible. And they also then change up stuff that I'm pretty sure is even in the book for like trying to have like shock value. But they also gave a lot of that away in the trailer too. The only thing that doesn't push this higher up on my list is even though I'm pretty sure it's not the same as the book, uh, I actually thought the ending was really haunting and disturbing. So that's the one kind of credit I gave it. But other than that, uh, again, this is just filled with a story about characters that I just feel don't learn anything. They're just filled with stupid decisions. And Oh, and wait a minute. I will also then give one more credit. John Lithgow tries. <laughs> He's actually not too bad as the old man, but I have a fondness also a little bit for the previous one that did this. So yeah, number fourteen for me, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. What do you remember? <laughs> obviously, I forgot about it, so I didn't retain a lot. But I do remember we had a huge group that night, and yep. um, this the original has built a huge following. I mean, you can't deny that. I'm not saying it's a great movie by any means, but it has yeah. a huge following. And uh, I think people thought they expected this to be. Well, this is a this is a king. Yeah, synonce again. (laughs) The problem is, you know, you basically automatically assume—that's the key word—that this is going to be a reincarnated version that's going to be knock your socks off. But John Lithgow was great. I usually think he is in movies. Um, Yeah, he's he's usually always trying. Yeah. It just was very forgetful. Um, the cat was ugly, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> and that's hard for me to do because I'm a cat lover. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't retain a lot. I forgot about it. Um, that's sad because I did want it to be good. Okay. Uh, okay, so you're number 13. Well, I guess we should keep the horror train rolling here. Okay. Uh, Curse of Lila Rona. Okay, again, I'm not going to say anything, um, really. Again, I wanted this to be good, too. Is it in the Conjuring it Universe? Is. Okay. There you go. It, so far, it, I have two it, in the Conjuring it, Universe. It, it has a two-second thing that connects it to the universe. And then again, as you mentioned previously, that I will bring up, Annabelle Comes Home references it. Oh, God. I did do that. Yes. So, uh, continue. Um, not much really to say other than it. I think it... Depended way too much, and this is becoming a trend in more movies on jump scares, and it mm-hmm. felt like it could coast through with that, rather than you know, tap into the 
creepy potential of the story because you know the trailer was actually kind of cool yeah. and I was like hey it might be pretty cool um, but I just felt like before we even saw it <laughs> it was already broken and I again as I said earlier I think they should stop <laughs> all the getting good you know they've made money you made good movies and I'm sure they will continue well again none is the most profitable one out of all these <laughs> Uh, That's crazy. Number 13 oh. for me, I'm pretty sure, was on your honorable mentions. Uh, and that's Rambo Last Blood. Um, yeah, I, I, I have never actually sat down and watched all the Rambos. I own all of them, but again, it's a collection, so I'm like, well, I'm watching all these single discs first before I get to my collection stuff. It's hard to watch a lot of those bullets sometimes. Yeah. Um, I only ever really remember... Rambo from Hot Shots Part 2's, oh, <laughs> uh, which is an awesome movie. It's really funny. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of nostalgia for it. However, I remember hearing people saying that the last Rambo movie that came out before this was actually pretty good, what? and a pretty good send-off, actually, for the character. So I, when I saw the trailer for this, I was just like, what? What's this? Um... And then I saw it. Uh, this, I'm gonna just make a guess, and I've not seen all of them. That this is probably the most boring Rambo movie out of all of them, because even though I've heard that three has like a lot of questionable things in it, as far as like stereotypes and stuff like that, this just felt like it was an hour long of just stuff happening you don't really know these characters other than Rambo um, but again I don't have a nostalgic connection to him uh, and you're made to care about his niece I'm guessing it was and I didn't really feel a connection there and then when something horrible happens with her I was not really feeling that there was only one moment where I was just like oh and that's when he's like touching the collarbone with his thumb he broke it didn't he yeah he did uh but then when it got to the what several people have called uh murder house from home alone <laughs> uh again i felt like i had seen most of this stuff in the trailer and none of this was really affecting me because this might get brought up at one point but uh the John Wick movies and the raids have kind of ruined action movies almost for me because I'm like, I, uh, what? But, yeah, I, and I just felt like Sylvester Stallone, he's actually much, much better acting older, and I felt like he was walking through the motions with this. So, my number 13, Rambo, Last Blood. Did you have any <laughs> uh, things you might want to add? Growing up, I was huge on both. Stallone and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, as we so, all were. Um, naturally, I was pretty a pretty big fan of Rambo. Not the whole series, but you know, was the character. And I, you know, in the first one, I kind of fell in love with John Rambo. And some people argue that this is what he's most known for. And others, you know, you got Rocky and all yeah. that. But, anyways, um, the only thing I actually liked about Last Blood was, uh, like, I guess you'd say the deaths. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was some of the cool, some of the really inventive stuff that he had to do because he was older, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought that was a cool dynamic that he had to, you know, do different things because he was aging. 
but other than that, as a story, it fell flat for me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really else to add to that. Cause, oh, um, okay. Unfortunately, that was the end of Rambo, and uh, it yeah. stopped. Uh, number 12. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't really want to see this, you know, even when I saw the trailer, but I, again, probably saved Ian, and I should have saved myself before I saw it, and that was Charlie's Angels. Again, I don't know why, but <sighs> do you want to save my sanity, I guess? Man, uh, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, did not like any of the leads, and Kristen Stewart, of course, is not one of my favorite actresses on the planet, and this literally added nothing to, is this, was there two previous movies? Yeah. Nothing to the Charlie's Angels franchise. Um, Elizabeth Banks, do respect her, but I felt like she was trying too hard to make this something superior to that and also you know of course it had the women's movement thing and of course cool do what you gotta do but it just I felt like it was too much harping on that and it was it was annoying and yeah not enough guns <laughs> well, yeah like I said I didn't see it I wasn't aware of that but yeah so I can't really vocal but were you I, interested I, after the trailer I, again, after the trailer, I was like, this doesn't look that great, but I at least feel like that it looks like it could know what it was trying to be. So that was the only factor for me, and as far as with the trailer, I thought that at least Naomi Scott looked like she knew what she was in. Hell yeah. But I, I only have to go off of what I've heard other people say about it, which has ranged from this is boring and terrible to kind of entertainingly bad. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Uh, that's all. Uh, you brought this up earlier. Uh, my number 12 is also Curse of La Llorona. Mm. Uh, so the only things that I might mention here are, yeah, for two seconds or so, they bring up the Annabelle doll from a preacher. So that's how it connected. How do I not remember that? Uh, the only reason why, and they missed a big opportunity here because this is based on a Mexican folk tale. Uh, and it starts out in Mexico, but then it goes to Los Angeles. But I know that's because they probably couldn't afford to keep shooting in Mexico. Because <laughs> it is very nice to shoot in. Uh, and the only reason why, again, like you mentioned, uh, this thing has gone stale and boring as far as formats. The only reason why it's not lower on my list is because... Uh, oh, jeez, what's her name? Uh, the, the mother... Uh, Linda Carnellini, she tried, <laughs> and uh, the preacher guy had some humor to him, but that was about it. Because other than that, some of the stupidest kids I've also seen on film. <laughs> You're literally told, don't do this, and they go do it. <laughs> That's uh, number 11. Uh, another one we just recently saw. Wait, did you see with me? I think you did. <laughs> um, Gemini Man. Okay, um, hey. We both have it oh, <laughs> at number sorry, eleven. Okay. At number eleven, so we can just talk about it, right? You go, you go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Gemini Man. This was apparently a film that was in pre-production years ago. Angley. How far back Sean Connery was actually originally attached to what? this? What? Yep. Didn't know that. Uh, th this was also a new type of format as far as like shooting material to make it like more realistic looking. 
which I guess is supposed to help with the 3D, but I know I didn't want to see this in 3D. Uh, yeah, and Will Smith again. He can be charming, and he's trying. But God, this material that's written for him is so dated. And the writing sometimes, especially for certain characters when they speak. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the side actress that helps him out. Mary Elizabeth yeah. Winstead, who's going to be in uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, she literally has a moment where in a few minutes she says the same thing three times, which is, he's a clone of you. He's a clone of you in just a different way of formatting it. And I was like, what is this writing? Uh, yeah. Uh, again, it was just cliched stuff, but I kind of felt like that's what I was going to get anyway. And I only really went into hoping that at least Ang Lee put a weird and interesting t- turn as far as directing was, but yeah, this wasn't really even memorable in that way. It was just stale. So, that's my Gemini Man. <laughs> well, <clears throat> from the trailer, it just looked like something I'd seen already. And something they'd tried a million times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the visuals were cool, but then and then you saw young Will Smith, especially towards the end. Yeah. And that threw me off. And I was like... I kept seeing Fresh Prince, and I'm like, oh my god, I love that show, and then it just... <sighs> it was much better when he was in the dark. Yes. Which when, he sure, was in the, when he was in the light sure at the end. A lot of the time, that's why he was in the dark, but uh, I don't know. It was... Clive Owen was pretty dry as a villain. Yeah. Um, I did, he was not memorable at all. I felt like he was, like you said, a cliche villain. Like, you know, hey, I'm gonna stop and How about that this. twist? Yeah. There's uh, multiple Smiths! But, yeah. He pretty much, Ian pretty much cleared all that I had to say. Mm-hmm. I just, it just fell really short. And I didn't, didn't have a lot of expectations going into yeah. it. So it either, it didn't really disappoint me because I, you know, I thought it was going to be bad. So. Which is why it didn't even break the top ten. Uh, yeah, I tr- don't, tr- don't tr- really trust me there. that. Yeah, trust me, there's a reason also, that's kind of the reason why it didn't break into mine too. But... Now we're top, getting into the top ten. Yay, top ten worst. Top ten, number ten for you, worst of 2019. This is number ten. Yep. Uh, I guess, I mean, I guess it's, I call it horror. It's kind of more of a thriller and like a, myst- a quotation mystery. That'd be Countdown. Again, one, uh, one I guess you decided to save my sanity from. This, uh... Was at the end of the year, actually. Yep. I think it was right around Halloween. Um, uh, eh, I think it was actually closer in December. Oh. Well, but like, uh, <laughs> when I read the synopsis on it, I was just like, okay, I gotta go see it because it's about like a, like it's it's a, she's a nurse and she downloads an app that basically predicts when a person's going to die. I'm pretty sure though, so, if I remember right, a lot of people have that app. <laughs> Yes. It's kind of like a trendy app. And I was like, well, people have tried app movies before, but <laughs> I will get into that later. Um, like, maybe one or two, like, jolts it gave me, you know, kind of like, oh, God. But uh, for horror fans, it was not one of the more memorable, and uh, it just lacked any kind of wit or creativity. And 
You know, basically you read the synopsis and it tells you everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And literally nothing happens. You're like, oh, good lord. You know, you just can predict everything, and I hate those movies. That you literally can predict everything right around the corner. Yeah, like I stated, I didn't get to see this because, again, I guess Mr. Nickerish wanted to save <laughs> Loco's sanity. I'm going to say, screw it this uh, year. You're going to see everything. But, uh, let's. Uh, the only other thing I could say is that I only also was like, what's Tom Segura doing in this? He's funny. Yeah. But that that's it. Um. My number 10 is actually up here because it might range in my one of my most disappointing movies mm-hmm. of the year. And that's Frozen 2. Oh, okay. I'm impressed. Okay. Uh, I will give all the commends to the animation. It looked beautiful. I understand why it gets all these accolades for the visuals and stuff like that. However comes down to story for me and characters. And this was so boring, so uneventful for the most part, and characters do motivational changes left and right. There's also one part that involves a giant decision to be made where there can be grave consequences. And it's kind of a bad lesson, actually, to give to kids. Which is why it's actually higher up on my list, because that's when I really nailed down on an animation thing, that's, if it gives a bad message to kids. Um, again, I felt like the voice acting was pretty good, but again, also the characterizations for a lot of them, especially uh, Sven, the dude of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he only had one thing throughout the entire thing, which was, I want to propose to Anne. And that literally was his character, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only part that I kind of really chuckled at was when he did, like, his song, which was made to look like an 80s video. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Uh, yeah. And I have stated no more times, I understand why people feel a certain way about the first Frozen now, because it got overplayed, they have kids that listen to the soundtrack. I didn't have that. Uh... So, so I still hold Frozen as a high-regarded Disney movie. So this one just disappointed me. I know it made a billion dollars, but guess what? That does not equal quality. So Frozen 2 was my number 10. <laughs> I'm thoroughly impressed. Uh, number 9. Well, um, just with Frozen 2, all I'm going to say is oh, somebody, somebody had told me who the villain was in the movie before I even mm-hmm. saw it. And I was like, well, I know I'm, you know, going to be wondering what the hell's going on during the whole movie. And basically that's what I was doing. There's a couple of funny parts here and there. And yeah. I, yeah, you could figure out everything. Yep. First one was, you know, I liked it, didn't love it. But I understand everybody's nostalgia on it. And I understand why it is one of the more profitable Disney movies. So, yeah, kids. <laughs> so is Frozen 2 nowhere on here? No. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, that's why I was so impressed. I was like, well, I I thought about putting it on there. And I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. There's so many more worse ones on here. Uh, number nine, then. Number nine. Uh, the fourth installment. Men in Black International. Okay, that was my own luncheon. Oh, my God. So, I was iffy on the trailer, you know. I said, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like that they're pairing the... 
Thor actors together. Pretty much. And, you know, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, you know, more often than not, I do enjoy, especially Tessa Thompson. Yeah. But this just was a complete 360 on what I thought was going to happen during the movie and the fact that I actually wanted, like, one character and that was actually a voice. So it came back around to what you were thinking? Yeah, and it okay. was just like... I'm just clarifying the 360. <laughs> you know, I thought they were going to, you know, kind of... Because, you know, Men in Black 1, mm-hmm. fantastic. Really good. 2... Also a Marvel property that I didn't know. Yeah. 2 was... <laughs> Definitely underwhelming, but I actually yeah. thought three was okay. Yeah, and no. so it was like good, bad, good, yeah. Yeah. and then this one. And to be honest, before I even did see this movie, I said, well, should they even even have made it? And um, like I said, I just didn't think there was any chemistry, unfortunately. I thought there was going to be because, you know, they'd worked together before. Yep. But I don't really necessarily, I probably don't blame them because I felt like they were thrown into certain situations and the gears are running low on this franchise and I think they should stop while they're ahead. I was really disappointed. I, Kunal, I always forget his last name. Nanjiani, is that yeah, his last name? Uh, I'm a really big fan of his. Yeah, and really uh, funny. I liked him. I forget what was his character's name in the movie. He was a little alien. Yeah. But I forget his name in the movie, but he was, he was hilarious. The, he was the most entertaining part. Yes, and he's on the cover of the Steelbook, and I believe the 4K version. And so that should tell you something. And none of the main characters are even on the cover. Uh, I was just extremely disappointed. I do not recommend Men in Black International. Uh, yeah, it was on my mentionables just because I felt like these were just lower. Because, again... I felt like Chris Hemsworth and Tessa were trying, but they just didn't have good material. Kunal was at least entertaining sometimes, so that's why I gave it a pass. Uh, my number nine, I'm going to assume it might be higher up on your list now, and that's Hellboy 2019. Uh, <laughs> so when I first heard about Hellboy getting rebooted, I was already a little off because I was like, I love the Guillermo del Toro ones. Ron Perlman is a Hellboy, in my opinion. Uh, and then when I heard that Dan, Dan Arbor was going to be Hellboy, I was like, okay, I like him. He can be a strong character, I th- think. Uh, th- then I saw the film, and I was just like, what in the hell is this? Not to misquote the film, uh, but the story was just jumbled all over the places. The narration from uh, Ian McShane just made me feel like that he was telling me that I was stupid. Uh, and again, I felt like Dan Arbor was trying, but the material he was given and the way that he was told to betray Hellboy was not Hellboy. Uh, I did like some of the practical effects in it. However, the CGI effects were terrible, and it only got really violent towards the end and graphic. And I felt like that was just them because they could, because they had it rated R. So it didn't really service the film itself to me. And again, this had like almost 20 producers. So that's another why I know I can tell this is just all over the place. Uh, So yeah, so very incoherent. Trailer lied a number of times about stuff that was going to happen. Yeah, just gave me a giant migraine. So (laughs) 
Hellboy 2019 is my number nine. I'll save, uh, I'll save my thoughts. Cause yeah, because it's coming up. Uh, so yeah, your number eight. Number eight is one that the trailer didn't look bad, and actually it had a pretty good cast. And I believe we talked a little bit about this last night. Um, probably one of the more boring movies of the year. It was long, mm-hmm. and that'd be the Goldfinch. Um, I will save my thoughts. Uh, you had Ansel Elgort, Nicole Kidman, Jeffrey Wright, Luke Wilson, Sarah Paulson, Finn Wolfhard. See, it wasn't short of, you know, talented actors, actresses. But um, basically the kid's mother, or the kid's mother gets killed in a mm-hmm. bomb. And it just, I felt like the trailer gave away a lot. And it just mishandled the source material like crazy and it flattened a otherwise complex narrative and it just became an uninvolving disappointment and it just it was just boring I just didn't connect with anybody you're supposed to connect with the kid mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like that was the case and I forgot <laughs> half the movie I just remember him meeting up with Jeffrey Wright who I do love as an actor and I'm happy he's in Batman. Hmm. But, yeah, not too much else to say. It's It was a huge disappointment and way entirely too long. Okay. Uh, my number eight is one you also previously mentioned, and that's Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, again, not going to harp on this too much because you already did talk about it, but again, like Curse of Lyrona, it suffers that it's just basically doing the same format over again which is what has made this franchise stale as hell. Um, But what made this just as uh, upsetting for me as far as where I would rank them, uh, you actually have the Warrens in this, who are probably one of the best parts of this franchise, and they're literally in the very beginning, and then they come back at the very end. So there's that hour-long stretch of none of them, uh, and again, the way that this, though, does tie in and help curse the Yorona is because when they're in the car and they get stopped by the cops, they're told, don't go down that alley, something bad happened. And you can see the mom that's crying in the very beginning of curse the Yorona. So that's how they connect. I'm sorry that I paid this much attention to it. Yeah, I face that. I don't know what else. Watching. Uh, and again, just characters go through changes. And here's a shock. None of them die, so no tension whatsoever. Uh, yeah, so number eight, Annabelle comes home. Uh, number seven. You literally just talked about this. Okay. Uh, Hellboy. Hellboy, okay. Um, again, like Ian, I'm a huge fan of the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Hellboy. Guillermo del Toro was a masterful mind during those two movies. and Still is. Ron Perlman is fantastic. I mean, that perfect, absolutely perfect casting for that character. But then I saw this trailer, <laughs> and, you know, maybe one or two parts looked cool, and, you know, it's like, okay, that's Hellboy. And David Arbor is a good actor, too, and, mm-hmm. you know, parts he was great. So I don't really blame him, but I felt like this may, you know, turn people off 
of the movie is that they're already, already <laughs> off, off the movie. You don't want to turn... But I felt like it was made a mockery of Hellboy in this movie. And the effects, shocking, they were bad. <laughs> I was... There's a couple parts where I was like, man, I don't know what the budget was for it. No, it was pretty high. Yeah, I figured it would. they had just as much as Del Toro had to work with. Well, well, it didn't have as much as Del Toro, but that's because Del uh, Toro wanted to do practical effects, too. But I'm sure, guarantee <clears throat> this movie lost money. It did. And Mia Jovovich was forgetful. Has. Um, was she? she was the villain, but yeah, I she was I like what her the blood was. queen or whatever. Okay. Well, she, she was the exact that, same as she has been in every one of the Resident Evil games. The ending, I was just a cluster fuck of... Yeah, I just lost interest halfway through it. You know, again, there were, there were funny parts, okay. And then what they... David Harbour you know, worked with what he had. Yeah. And uh, I felt like, unfortunately, I just... Again, felt extremely flat, like all these movies really but it just I didn't really expect it to be good but I wanted it to continue the awesomeness of Hellboy you know again I'm a huge Hellboy fan mm-hmm. yeah so I already mentioned that so uh, I'm gonna move on to my number seven which I don't know if you have seen it because it's only exclusive on the Disney Plus so I'm kind of breaking hey, man, it I'm because I'm not gonna see this in theater but I'm gonna throw this in here because of how bad it was, and that's Lady and the Tramp 2019. I haven't seen it yet. I knew it was there. It's oh, sitting there in my queue, but I haven't watched it. Uh, oh, does, again, Lady and the Tramp, the original, I do not put as high as far as, like, you know, the classic Disney stuff. But again, like most of these, after I see this remake, I love the original again. Because I'm like, that is so much better. Because you have this mixture of using practical real dogs and then you CGI face over them. It's terrifying. The story is also just the same as before, except there's then these little parts that make you go, what? Uh, How does this make sense? Because they actually would explain it in the original, which was also much shorter. I think this is like an hour and 50. The original is like a little over an hour, maybe an hour 20. I, I, I can get into that stuff a little bit later, as far as that. Uh, but, yeah, this just was creepy. I didn't understand the voice casting and the decision to put some characters. And you only casted them because of their stardom. They didn't put, like, a character behind the voice. So, Lady the Tramp, 2019, my number seven. Well, hey, I can look forward to watching that then, can I? I would strongly say you don't. <laughs> but it's been one of the few on here that I've said I've seen that you've not. So yeah, I got it. It's the first one, right? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Uh, number six for you. This one could have been anywhere in the top six. You know, these top six, I feel like you know, could have just you know interchanged. Hmm. And uh, again, I'm going to start off by saying, I'm, okay, it's Dark Phoenix. Okay. But I told. You, you and countless others growing up, I was a huge X-Men fan. Mm-hmm. The car, the regular cartoon in the 90s was absolutely amazing. It actually broke ground for a lot of things happening now. But as uh, far as the X-Men franchises go... And I'll, hold, and I'll hold my opinion. Extremely, extremely, extremely disappointing. 
Um, outside of a couple of good ones, you know, First Class and, uh, God, what else? X2? Yeah, I guess. But it's, Logan? Logan? Okay, well, Logan, I'd put Logan outside of it. I understand <laughs> it is Wolverine, but the Wolverine. that was on another level. Um, but, yeah, again, yeah. this is this just a, ends the era of the X-Men franchise. This With Fox. Yeah, well, I feel like it's going to be the end of X-Men because I don't think they're going to try anymore. But then again, I've been wrong before. Uh, basically, they took another stab at this, trying <laughs> to adapt it to a classic comic era mm-hmm. and arc, and deeply disappointing results. Um, oh, the box office says that, too. I literally... McAvoy and Fassbender, hey, I enjoyed them, actually. And they I feel like they both tried. But anything outside of that was... Extremely forgetful, and uh, don't even get me into Sophie Turner, Phoenix. I felt like she did get, you know, put in a bad situation. But again, then the villain in this, unfortunately, is Chastain, and I love her to death. But it was just bad, um, shitty. Uh, I felt like, uh, like you said, it probably. Didn't make near as much money as it should have. Probably the worst comic book movie of 2019. Easily. Hmm. Uh, Well, I mean, if I'm looking at my list, that probably does compute. Uh, Again, going to hold mine because I might be talking that later. Uh, My number six, I, I don't know if this might be in your top five, or it might be just a okay one for you but my number six is Godzilla King of Monsters uh, so an uh, argument I heard about enjoyment for this film is if you grew up in a Godzilla fan you will could be a f- fan of this because you like the monsters and you like the action and stuff like that uh, I am not a hardcore Godzilla person I've seen a few films I've not seen a whole lot of the original ones which Again, there are questionable things about the original ones as far as today's standards, but they're still looked at as classics as far as, like, with, you know, the costumes, animatronics, and stuff like that. Uh, And going into this third film, uh, this franchise that they're bringing up again, because they're bringing this monster universe into it, uh, I I enjoyed, but I didn't love Godzilla. I thought that he was cool, and I thought the monster fights were cool, but it was everything around them, other than Brian Cranston, that I thought was eh. But I, I liked the scale they also gave him. I thought they made him look really big. So I, I, I gave it a pass, and I actually kind of enjoyed it. Kong Skull Island, I felt very mixed about. Uh, again, I liked Kong. I liked the scale they put him at, and I liked the monster fights again. But the difference there is, before that, with Godzilla, I felt like the monsters were more of a threat that could almost kill him. Whereas I knew, going into this, there's no way Kong's dying. This isn't a retelling of King Kong, where, you know, he dies at the end. Uh, So all the tension, whenever he was, like, you know, in a supposed grave state, didn't affect me in any way. Uh, I also thought that... (laughs) <laughs> future Marvel people 
Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson were really flat. <laughs> a lot of their character traits to me didn't make sense. Uh, and then the like exposition dump after the credits on, look, we're all connected. There's Godzilla. There's King Ghidra. Just, I was like, wait, they just did a Batman versus Superman thing where it's just like, look at this, look at this. Just to connect everything and say, yeah, this is a universe. Uh, and again, the biggest thing for me is the fact that we're rehashing universes again and not doing something different, which is one of my biggest issues when they tried to do the Dark Universe. <laughs> but that was just then when I saw The Mummy and I was like, okay, well, this is just a shitty movie, so... <laughs> Uh, and this one, King of the Monsters, just as soon as the e <laughs> the so-called terrorists saying to kill humanity is how we save the planet and humanity, as soon as that happened, I threw down, I didn't throw it down because I care about my glasses, but I pulled off my glasses and I just shrugged, are you kidding me? We're doing this again. And then again, if you like the monster stuff, I make an argument. This thing is shot terribly. It's grainy as fuck. You can't see anything. Uh, I can give Mothra credit, because at least it, she looked cool. But I also felt like they kind of played down her ability. Because to me, from what I heard, is that she's like the one that puts Godzilla actually in check. Because she's actually more for the planet than him. Uh, so yeah, again, terrible writing, terrible characterizations. All they do are exposition dumps. I don't care about one, except for maybe Ken Watanabe. But he doesn't even get to do his epic, let them fight. So, yeah, I, yeah, King of Monsters, I was not a giant fan of. And this lost money for the franchise too, but they're still doing Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> and it got delayed. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so unless you want to dump on that at all or try to salvage uh, yeah I did, it's not on my list but because again like you said I was, I'm a huge fan of Godzilla and uh, I think it was just the kaiju monster parts that I just fell in love with and it was like finally they put it on film not that they say it was great and I didn't connect with any of the humans like you usually don't in Godzilla movies I usually don't even look at the humans in Godzilla movies that's not what it's for for me for me, it's for the fighting, you know, the monsters, all that stuff. There wasn't enough of it, unfortunately, in this movie. I wish there would have been more. But, you know, it, not going to my worst, I could see why you would put it in your worst. But I I actually love the monster parts, you know, and I just, I just thought all these movies were worse than that. I could, So I could see if I actually looked at the other parts of it where it probably would put it in the worst. I understand that. But it, just me being a Godzilla fan, you know. Love seeing all the monsters, and it's hard to look at the future movies because you know it is losing money, and I'm not sure what they're going to do with it with it being delayed. So I mean, I'm kind of scared. I'm hoping it revitalizes it somehow. Well, big bold prediction: Godzilla versus King Kong. Who's going to win? Going to say neither win. <laughs> I'm going to say the audience loses. I'm going to say they're going to team up. Oh shit. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, we've talked about 15 to 6, but before we get into our top 5, we're gonna, I'm going to take a small break 
and thank our sponsor here, Anchor. Anchor. And now it's down to the nitty gritty, the five worst films of 2019. And to start it off with, Mr. Nick, what is your fifth worst movie of 2019? Yay me. Uh... I think you mentioned it. I think it was in your mentions. mentions. Okay. Uh, Captive State. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily the most boring movie of 2019 for me. Uh, I don't fall asleep a lot, but I fell asleep quite a bit in this movie, and I was in and out of consciousness. Um, if I remember right, it's like it was extraterrestrial. I know that, and John Goodman's in it. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Via Farmiga's also in it. I don't know how I remember that. Machine Gun Kelly's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's his name's in it too? From uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, no, you're proving the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just like I said, it was a sci-fi thriller and like District Nine. Yeah, kind of. It kind of put me in mind of this night, especially from the trailer. And not that the trailer excited me anything. I think it was a one week where there was like nothing else, and we kind of just like, okay, we're gonna go see it. Yeah. So I'm glad to put it in that category because literally I'm, I don't have much else to say other than it was. It. It doesn't really. It kind of leaves you in a captive state. It kind of feel. It makes you feel like you're trapped, and you're like, oh god. So, I fell asleep during most of it. It basically diverted the alien invasion most of the time and I'm like what and had you know action here and there if, if I remember right the parts I was actually awake for and the political undertones you know were there so not much to say other than boring 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 uh yeah it was a honorable luncheon for me because it was just boring I forgot about it week after and it was an early film so so I had completely even forgotten that I seen it Uh, I feel like the only thing I could say is even when he's given bad material John Goodman is at least trying and he always gives it his all Uh, so again that was another reason why I didn't quite make it I remember waking up and he was being put in a pod yeah because the thing was he was going to go up there and blow (laughs) the whole thing like a, like a, what's his name, uh, Randy Quaid from Independence, Independence Day. Day. That's basically what he was doing. Uh, so yeah, sh- spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, and then Via Farmiga was completely underused. I I was surprised I even remember that she was in it. No, nope, so, sorry. But then she was also in Curse of Irona for 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, my number five is one you'd previously talked about, and that's X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, in my mind, easily the worst of the X-Men series because it is so boring and it's just rehashing the Phoenix Saga again. And this is written by the same guy that tried to do it last time. Directed by the same guy that tried to do it. Produced by him, too. Uh, and keep in mind, uh, because this is something I also tended to forget, that uh, the new X-Men one, the new X-Men trilogy, the first class, Days of Future Past, uh, Apocalypse, and this. Apparently, there was a ten-year gap in between there. 
None of these people look like they've aged. <laughs> You're looking at uh, Professor X in this, James McAvoy. He's supposed to look like uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and he's only, I think, ten years? Maybe five years chronologically off of that? Uh, no, I don't see that possible. And, uh, again, I also have felt terrible... <laughs> For this cast that has been put into this situation now, because to me this was like one of the most stacked, talented cast to start having this X Men franchise with James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Sophia Turner is actually good. Uh, oh jeez, guy that played a uh, Silver, uh, yeah. Nicholas Holt played Beast. Yeah, Nicholas Holt, Jennifer Lawrence. And you're just given this material that is just shitty. <laughs> and not only that, it contradicts a lot of character motivations. Uh, if Also, if you liked... Uh, God, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. The really fast guy. Quicksilver? Quicksilver. If you really liked Quicksilver's scenes, at least in the previous movies... Oh yeah, you definitely don't even get that. <laughs> Last he starts running for like five seconds and then he gets tripped up and he's out for the rest of the movie. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, this uh, lost a lot of money. <laughs> this cost two hundred million to make, and I don't even think it made fifty million. Oh my god! <laughs> so again, I just hope if they do, if Disney does bring back X Men now. I hope that they can at least give it a more coherent storyline that makes sense. Because again, the only ones that have ever been good or made sense are when they just focus on one, and that's <laughs> Logan. <laughs> so yeah, my number five, Dark Phoenix. Number four for you. We're getting up there, man. Yep, this is the shit is shit. <laughs> yeah, these four were... The only differences uh... are the smells. Yeah. Um, number four is the kitchen. Hey, another tie. We both have it at number four. <laughs> so we can both hash it out. <laughs> and this is, I'll let him explain first, but this was, for a long time, the worst. And luckily the three ahead of it came, yeah. out, came out later in the year. So thank you for the other three, I guess, for being worse <laughs> in this crappy movie. So, if, so what you're saying is, good thing for them that Three other films for both of us came out that we were just like, this yeah. is even shittier than The Kitchen. Uh, because you know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to start this out. It's a worst of the year list, but I'm going to start with the brightest thing in this. And that's Elizabeth Moss. Isn't she I, always? I, she at least gave 100% on this. I cared about her character. It was just then how they used her. And then she fucking died. Yep. <laughs> uh, Melissa McCarthy... I always look forward to when she does now dramatic roles. This one, what the fuck was the script? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, she can actually be very funny. Again, this is written as a character that changes motivations every 30 minutes or so. Uh, and, the fa and the fact that I didn't think about this until somebody pointed it out. Was it Stuckman? Maybe it was, maybe it was Chris Stuckman. What the hell do they even do? Yeah. They just go around collecting money. That, yeah, he said it. They have like, they all of a sudden just take over and there's like no opposition whatsoever. And it's like, how the 
they just run a Hell's Kitchen, and it's like all of a sudden it just I don't know. And and the thing is, there's actually probably a very well told story here, like in the comics, or this could be even as a a template could be made to make a good movie out of this. It's just you need the right writers, the right director, and the right cast for it. And I even think with this cast, they could do a good job. But not with this material they're given, and this direction they're given. No, I, I did, it took me about 30 minutes after I saw it to realize, wow, that really was terrible. I was at least giving it a leeway at some parts, but nope, other than Elizabeth Moss, this is just... This, and this is the thing where it was like, it's a piece of shit, but what's the different smell? Well, that's a hint of moss, so she's trying. <laughs> 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 uh, that's oh, all I got for the kitchen. <clears throat> I think Ian remembers me, my disdain, even after we saw it, I was pretty, you know, disappointed. But, uh, just the fact that the opposition thing they just all of a sudden took it over and it's like there was no development on how they took it over and mm-hmm. I just felt like they went right to that and like I said the three leads aren't bad actresses you know mm-hmm. but I just didn't connect with anybody outside of them I completely forgot really what happened to most of those people and Hell's Kitchen is the real deal it's a pretty serious thing and me our, our co-worker is Vinny knows all about Hell's Kitchen. I won't get into that, but he, I told him he should not watch this movie. No. And Elizabeth Moss was great. I am looking forward to her future stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like it was extremely jumbled and it was supposed to be like a crime thriller and it had nothing to do with that. And it definitely, in time, could have future be. Like, it, it's a need of heavy-duty heavy renovation, and I feel like, like you said, with a better script and better director, it could be something. Yeah. Um, cool story, I just, I think they, I felt like, kind of rushed it. I don't oh, know yeah. how long they took with the movie, but it was disappointing, and it even involved, the DC Vertigo was linked to this, and I yeah. guess it is a, I guess it is a series, it and is. I didn't know, and I feel like it, it was just a letdown for everybody. It could have been so much better. Yeah. Uh, also, another quick thing. You know what also would have saved this movie? If just out of nowhere, Daredevil just showed up. <laughs> He's the real runner of Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Uh. But what a fantasy that would have been. So I guess since that was our number four, uh, you can go into number three now. Which I know is not tied with me. Alright, well, let's... Probably not one you've seen, and it, but I literally just saw it in December. Okay, um, I know what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, tra- I dragged Russell to this. So I, I think you he dragged wanted, him. I was gonna say he wanted to see it. I mean, I I, I debated on asking you, and I should have because you, you do have. I you would do have. have to I, see would, this. I would have gone. Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am totally up for seeing what could be a shitty movie sometimes. So. <sighs> I, I hate this is crazy to me because it, there was one in 2006 as well and this was the yeah, remake. remake and a lot of people say this is better than it which you know threw me for a loop well, but it's hard for me to like either one of them 
because it's like the first one was crappy, but how is this one any better when it's just as crappy? Um, well, you do remember that 2006 is a sequel. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a remake from one in the 70s. Well, basically, this is the most hardcore feminist movie of the year. Well, that they're throwing yes. that um, at you without and giving a movie. And obviously the director was a girl. And then all that okay, stuff's wo- fine. Woman. <laughs> woman, girl, whatever. But it's just, in every corner, you just, I felt like, it kind of reminded me of Ghostbusters. I will go back to that. 2016 Ghostbusters. Okay. And I felt about that. I felt like it was the same thing. And the story in this was just jumbled everywhere. And I... The the ending was just fucked up, and not in a good way. I just felt like basically it was black goo that was turning everybody bad. Well, thanks for that spoiler. From a statue. From a statue. And it was, I think it was at Hawthorne College. I think is where it took place. And the professors, professor was um, Carrie Ellis. Oh yeah. From Saw. Oh, yeah, I love him. And he's great. And my favorite movie of his is. Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. But, um... He was also in Stranger Things. Yes. But it just... <laughs> this is definitely one of those, like, Christmas movies. You're just like... Sure, there are lights everywhere, but... Beginning to end, it was just... Crap. <laughs> and I can't wait for Ian to see this. I'm not going to say anything more about it. I don't know. I don't know if I will, though. I will. have a reason. I'm going to get it on Redbox. I'm going to spend a dollar on it. And I feel like he has to see this. But I'm not going to say any more about it because I want him to see it. It was really bad. My worst horror movie of the year. Well, but other than the fact that you spoiled the ending, though. No, I didn't spoil it. Okay. Well, the only other thing I had going going into that I, I didn't even see it was I just felt the trailer just revealed everything. It was like a three-and-a-half-minute trailer that just showed absolutely everything. And then from what I've gathered is that, again, you can have a message, but make the movie first. But that's all. I'm going to touch on it. <laughs> uh, my number three, you mentioned earlier, and it's much higher up on my list, uh, that is The Goldfinch. Because <laughs> this was a number of things that are just, you know, in the red box for me of don't do this. And that's have weak characterizations, have a plot that is meandering as hell, have a timeline that makes no sense and jumbles around everywhere, use actors that are talented, they can give them nothing almost, uh be almost two and a half hours and be boring as hell. This basically nailed every one of those checks boxes. The only one that is a little bit like a I slightly erased it, but it's still kind of there, was uh, underutilizing the actors because I at least felt like the guy that played his dad was actually not too bad. But again, they underutilized Finn from Stranger Things. Yep. Uh, but it just kept bouncing around so many times and it would just linger on stuff that is just so uninteresting. And again, this is from a book 
I'm sure that the book version, a lot of this is fine and makes sense. But when you spend, like, I don't know, it felt like five or so minutes of, like, him and, uh, oh, geez. I, I think you mentioned his name. He's the, he was in, he's in Westworld, and I think he's going to be in Marvel. Uh, oh, Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. Oh, I love him. Uh, yeah, he's really good. But all of his, like, the way that he said stuff and in the monotone that he said it in, I was like, are you just playing your character from Westworld? <laughs> uh, and they spent, like, five minutes talking about chairs. What what's this? Uh, and then I just felt like that again. The characters didn't really change, develop for the good. And again, how I said, structure-wise, it made a whole lot of nonsense when things happened. Like we mentioned after we saw it, pretty sure his friend got shot in the arm, and he's carrying him. Yeah, he's carrying him. The friend is carrying him. Yeah, uh, I about fell asleep several times. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that also Sarah Paulson was in it, who amazing. Uh, but yeah, other than that, Goldfinch, my third worst movie of the year. So what did not get number one for Nick and is at number two? Oh, we just saw uh, this one too. Okay, no way. I think I see it, and I can just say it right now. We both have the same one at two. So, if you if you have listened to my review of it, not how much is going to be different, but Nick, give your thoughts on it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's cats, and uh, uh, so this the cast is huge. Yep. Um, left and right, I'm probably going to forget people, but seeing the trailer initially, it was the first one. <laughs> Creepy as hell, mm-hmm. and again, I'm gonna reiterate this: the CGI bothered me extremely because they're supposed to be in suits. And I don't understand why they just didn't do that. That's that's, that's one thing. Um, <clears throat> I felt like, sure, you know, some of the music was, you know, Jennifer Hudson. I'll give her that; she's extremely talented, mm-hmm. and. Some of the songs have been playing in my head because people have them as ringtones. I think, but they, I think they just got them just to annoy people. Yeah, the, the Mistopheles crap has to stop. I have that freaking song in my head. Um, no but, one's so clever. <laughs> but uh, it's what I I mentioned actually this playful play on words. It was a clawful mistake to mm-hmm. make this movie. Um, Basically, it was boring, other than, you know, some, like I said, some of the music parts. Um, God, I can keep going on here. The cockroaches and the mice, the mice were children. Hmm. And they literally would appear out of nowhere in some of the parts, like running on the ground. Yep. And I'm like, hey, I saw that. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, I believe, Rebel Wilson ate one of the cockroaches. Yep, she did. No, she didn't just eat one, she ate okay. several. And I can't remember if anybody ate the mice or anything like that, but uh, I remember some of the bodies being disproportioned here and there, and I remember them saying they were going to fix this, which they shouldn't even have needed to, to make it better. You know, visually, I don't know what exactly what they changed, but I guess they 
we're going to try to make it, you know, more appealing to people. And I was like, well, that's going to be impossible because it sucks. And well, I'm going to let Ian take over. Yeah. I got more to say, but. Well, I mean, I mean, I already put up my view of this in a collection, but <clears throat> I mean, as far as like the improve it, I mean, I think you're actually going to then lose a little bit because you're kind of at, for, at first admitting that it wasn't completely done. But I actually think that it makes it worse because I think the appeal of this can be sometimes of how bad it looks. Because uh, here's the thing. I could easily see this being one that is a cult following. Because, again, the musical itself is divisive. People either love it or they hate it. Some are just like, it's just a meandering of what the hell, just cats. Others see the deeper meanings of it. Guess what? That's what art is. Um, this, the only reason it kept falling lower and lower for me is the fact that sometimes it got boring. If it was just crazy nutsville the whole time, I probably could have had a ball with this. I would have said it's terrible, but at least it's like the fanatic or the room. <laughs> but, and... The cast that you have, I couldn't believe, was in this. Idris Elba, Jane, Jane Duty Dinch, Ian McKellen, who is the best <laughs> part of this because he acts the shit out of it. He's like, I am going to be a cat. Um, and you have James Corbin and Rebel Wilson who are just like doing their shtick throughout the whole thing. It feels like it's from a different movie altogether. I think the main chick was a new one, right? Yeah, she was uh, Florence something. Uh, but yeah, she was unknown going into this. Uh, but the part that just made me just go, what is going on is the end. When Judy Dench is staring at you in the audience and saying, don't treat a cat like a dog. I was like, she, she's literally talking to us. What the fuck? Uh... And then again, you have cats that, you know, walk on two feet, walk on four legs, have fur coats, who don't have fur coats. The, the rules, what are the rules? Uh, McCavity, Major Zelba, how he can just, like, make people disappear and reappear somewhere else, which I was just like, what's up with this whole dusting of everybody? Yeah, he don't... looks way more human than the rest of them. Oh, yeah. That's why I was like... Um, it's probably just because of the coat or whatever but and somebody brought this up he has all this magic and stuff and can appear everywhere right uh, does he just forget that to do that at the end when he just could have got up in the hot air balloon <laughs> which will bring me to my two sort of positives <laughs> well three sort of positives <laughs> because the, the first one is not really a positive but it's a weird kind of positive uh I was weirdly more attracted to Taylor Swift as a cat than I am as a person. <laughs> Even musically, I thought she was better. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, as you mentioned, tries, and she actually started to get me have an emotional feeling for this when she does memory, but then it's just undercut by everything else that is shit. And you know what? The only reason it didn't get number one is this is ballsy this is you're taking the risk and you're just rolling with it and it's not safe and, there, and there's a lot of safe this year 
So I applaud them for going this way and not turning a blind eye and going full head into it. It just was not at an entertainingly bad level. It was just boring, bad. But I think I'll get this for a dollar someday just to have some other people watch it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it wasn't your one because you like cats. Well, that too, but I, some people were saying like they hated their cats after they yep. came and saw it. No, I came home and I was hugging my cats. I was like, you guys are so much better. So, yeah, collectively here, number two, not the worst movie of 2019, in our opinion, is Cats. The third time we've actually been spot on. So, Nick, I have a, I have a funny feeling that my number one is not yours, so let's go ahead and get your number one. Again, another December movie. <laughs> this has been what? Like, wow. This is what? Uh, to my top three, actually, I think all came out in December, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I predicted this was going to be my worst at the beginning of the year, and boy, did it turn out to be the worst of the year. That is Playmobil. Again, one um, that you did not, you basically, I guess, saved me from my sanity. Uh, first of all, this has Anya Taylor-Joy, who I didn't even know was in it, and I love her. Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> Well, I'm talking about the people that were actually in the movie. Oh, the yeah, yeah. oh yeah, no, yeah, because that's that part I didn't know either. I didn't even know some of it was, you know, just going to be not all, you know, CGI. Um, so basically, oh god, this older sister and her brother, parents die, and the little brother is, you know, distraught, and he finds this. Lego world, <laughs> and they, her, she basically chases after him because he's lost, mm-hmm. and they get transported into this world called Playmobil. And right off the bat, to me, it is a ripoff of Lego Movie, yep. and that pisses me off so much. And throughout the movie, it rips off movies. It, it basically steals stuff, steals material from movies, yeah. which also pisses me off. I forget exactly which ones. I remember seeing, oh, that was from, I think one of them was Jurassic Park. But, um, basically, it, I feel like this was a movie that wanted to advertise toys, and at some point they're going to release them in real life, and they wanted it to be as big as Legos. So that's the way I felt like it was pushing towards, and the animation was crappy, it was boring. It felt like it, the whole time it was trying to make you laugh, but you're just sitting there like, oh, okay. That was funny. Um, but it was... I feel like it was trying to, like I said, be similar to Lego Movie, but it was less desirable, and it was it's kind of like an alternative to that if somehow people don't like the Lego Movie. <laughs> um, it just bored me. It was predictable. It was uh, dull, bland... God, I can come up with a billion other words, but I feel like this is, is one you should see. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's bad saying it's my worst movie of the, the year. The, the shittiest movie of the year, but he's still yes. saying watch it. I kind of recommend it for people just because it's one of those movies you have to see at least once in your life. But I was going to say just to have appreciation for Lego movie. <sighs> yeah, that's a very good point. It's the F version of Lego movie. Yeah. Um, Lego movies an A, this is an F. Yes, Anya Taylor-Joy was screaming half the movie as her, 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 you know, her 
CGI character, but mm-hmm. when she was actually in the movie, she was alright. I will give her that. And she has future projects ahead of her. <laughs> One that keeps getting delayed. Yeah, and that's actually coming out this year. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, not much else to say other than uh, prediction came true. Okay, well... Uh, so yeah, like I said, that was one that, again... And it was out in theaters for a week. Never, because I basically had to go see it, I think it was a day after work. And it was like, there was only one show, and it was like at four or something. And I'm like, well, and I feel like... like and it was like a mid-week. Yeah. And if I don't go see it, literally the next day, they took it out of the theater. So I was like, well, I mean... I'd... Yeah. I think I only missed that because I had a dentist appointment. I uh, probably. Which would you rather have had? <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> The, the pain of the dentist or the pain of the Playmobil? That's, well, that's, it would have well, been torturous if you were watching Playmobil while they were cleaning your teeth. Yeah. Oh, God. While having to hear something else in your ear. <laughs> and uh, I didn't like the kid actors in it either. So, yeah. That's crap. Uh, Shit. Okay. Well, I try to also not guess or feel like what could be my worst of the year, I'm always hopeful that I will like this movie because as, as you stated, that Play Mobile basically also just took Lego Movie. Lego Movie is the thing that made me go, okay, I'm not going to prejudge anything or at least try not to anymore. That, now, there are hard ones. Uh, this, my number one, is easily going to be argued amongst people that I either know that listen to this I I am sorry but this is my opinion and there was one movie this year that not only bored me made me angry so much so I couldn't talk about it until I got home to push record it's the only it's the last video I put on the YouTube channel crazy crazy poultry ink and that's Lion King 2019 because I am sorry. If you do get enjoyment out of this, cool on your part. Because it's just telling the story all over again. But the issue for me is the fact that, number one, they said that this is part of the live-action remakes. And I'm like, there's not one live-action person in this. It's just computer-generated. You then get the voice cast. All of them extremely talented. Uh, you could, however, make the argument that if they're going for more, you know, politically kind of correct by having more African Americans do the voices, which I am totally fine with because all these people are talented, then why do you have Seth Rogen uh, and uh, John Oliver, and gosh, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, the guy that played Timon. Because yeah, uh, it's... One of these things where you just look at the cast and you go, something's different. Um, you then have the animation that is made to look live action or close to like what the creatures and stuff look like. Boy, is it ugly. <laughs> Especially Timon. Timon was so cute and colorful and stuff in that in the original. Nope, in this one he looks like a warthog and they look disgusting. Uh, not to mention that the voices just don't look like they would be coming out of the mouths because they're li- because they're made to be photorealistic. Uh, lion's mouth does not move like that. A whatever bird that he is, John Oliver, if you look at that, there's no way that those enunciations are coming out of that beak. 
and of purest cash grabs of doing nothing different, this is my standard that I put it at because this is just telling exactly the same thing over again, beat for beat, except somehow it goes from a one and a half hour to two hours because they stretch stuff that makes no impact whatsoever. And again, I brought up the voice acting. How do you make Donald Glover one of the treasures <laughs> of entertainment today be less personality and boring than Matthew Broderick? <laughs> who is great in the original, and now after going back, I personally don't even put Lion King at the top for me personally because I can see problems, and this could have been stuff they could have addressed, but no, they didn't. You then take Be Prepared, my favorite song in the whole freaking movie, and you make it word spoken, and it lasts for 30 seconds, and that drove me nuts. You then have Rafiki, completely underutilized and he doesn't even do the message that he's supposed to tell him like oh hey that does that hurt yeah it's in the past the past can hurt sometimes but you can either move let it rule you or run from it and grow nope they don't do that lesson in this it just pissed me off so much and drove me bored throughout this entire runtime even though i felt like that's what i was going to get I didn't think I was going to get the level that it was. And I'm going <laughs> to close this out with the form that I heard somebody perfectly describe how he felt that was the summary of this movie. Uh, you get a five-minute sequence of Simba's hair, like in the original, that goes all the way to Rafiki for him to know that he's alive. There's this part where it is connected to shit. Literal <laughs> yeah, feces. Yeah. Was, was and a dung beetle? Yes, because a giraffe eats it, shits it out, and then a dung beetle moves it. That part right there is the perfect summary of this film. It's a ball of shit with a little bit of Lion King. That's my stance, and that's my worst of the year. And I don't care who comes at me. If you like it, cool. <laughs> but you're not going to change me. <laughs> Anything you want to add on that? I don't think so. <laughs> um, like, like <clears throat> it was in my mentions, and uh, like I put it in the same category for me as Dumbo and Aladdin. I think they were all extreme disappointments. And yeah. I know they made money. Yep. Understandable. We knew they would. That was inevitable. But, yeah, it was not great by any means, and I completely understand why it is your number one. The part that pissed me off actually involved Rafiki. Mm -hmm. um, I forget what he used, but it was what he used to see the uh, image. It was a, it was a, he crunched up something or something. It was like, like melons. I can't remember what it was, but that, that pissed me off. I was like, and then he blew it, well, and all of a sudden, well, I can't well, remember what it so was. So you're talking about this one? Yes. Yeah, it was just like some kind of like twigs. Well, whatever, but I was like, man, just you were you were literally going, you know, the whole time, you know, word for word and pretty much scene for scene of how things go, but that was completely different. And I felt like 
you know, if they're going to do that, just make everything the freaking same, you know. But mm -hmm. it, it, it did frustrate me, and I completely understand why I was your number one. And you might get crap for that, but not for me. Well, and just as... Uh, just uh, clarifying on here also, uh, <laughs> three of my worst of the year are actually in the top ten as far as grossing. Oh, jeez. Two, two of them are in the top three. One I just <laughs> one, one I just mentioned, Lion King was two, Frozen was three, and Aladdin was eight. So, yeah, that... <laughs> Man, really, got, that, kids, really man, kids got a big impact, I'm telling you. Yeah, they clearly do, but it's also, I think, I kind of also blame the adults, because they're like, why are you showing them this? Just show them the original. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that was the bottom of the barrel for 2019. How do you feel about getting that out of the way, and now we can just progress? Yeah, that always feels nice, you know, to get... To, now, 2020. Movies that potentially make you throw up after you watch them to movies that make you say, yay, you know, after you watch them. Because as, as I said a little bit, I think uh, the biggest problem for me with this year was the fact that there were so many just middle of the road, too, that I was like, that doesn't qualify. That doesn't really qualify. But boy, when I found that shit, it was like shit. <laughs> Uh, yep, so that's been our worst of 2019. We've cleansed ourselves of that, but we're going to next get to move on to the brighter parts of 2019, or at least in our opinion. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed the worst of 2019, but be ready, because soon you'll also get our best of the year. Uh... Final words on the worst? Well, it, as far as in regards to that, it was not a great year for a lot of horror. And then there was remakes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're going to get more of those in the future. Yep. And get more headaches. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to being happy about what we're talking about instead of just, you know, blurring out words in movies we have, forget half of it and have what happened. And it just, it's just nice to get a better start on these better movies yep uh, okay well guys if you've enjoyed this please subscribe and follow us here you can find it at anchor you can find it on itunes actually now apple podcasts just look for us also on spotify too crazy poultry Inc. podcast you can find me on twitter gaia loco 89 nick you want to plug uh nick wood facebook Nickers underscore chicken eighty seven on Instagram, Instagram, and uh, <laughs> and, and and for one listener out there, yes, he's the chicken. <laughs> I'm the rooster. And then uh, Nickers chicken on Twitter. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this, and you know what? If you shared this too, well, we all shared shit. <laughs> That's life. Felt like we're rolling through it, Lion King. Like the dumb beetle. Uh, but moving on to brighter things now. So see you guys, and I'll hopefully listen to our best of the year, too. <laughs>